Hello and welcome to Heroes of the Galaxy, a limited series where we celebrate the women of the Star Wars universe. My name's Millicent and each week I'll be joined by a special guest to talk about the story and legacy of a female character from the movies, games, books and more. This week I'm joined by Kayla Spencer, a journalist at the Diz Insider and co-creator of the podcast She3PO. We're going to be talking about Rose Tico, feeling seen in Star Wars and how the community has affected her life. Rose Tico was first introduced in The Last Jedi. After growing up in a small mining village, her and her sister Paige joined the Resistance. Paige was sadly lost in the Battle of Dakar, and Rose kept her memory alive by joining forces with Finn, travelling to Canto Bight, and then facing the First Order head-on during the Battle of Krait. Rose saved Finn's life that day, and remains a valued member of the Resistance. So let's introduce our guest and get chatting! so wonderful to finally meet you kind of (laughs) this is so cute this is like a sort of like virtual first introduction definitely since you're across the pond you're so far away and it's like (laughs) what the morning for you right now yeah and it's night for you right yeah it's literally 10 to 9 at night so you know we we put a lot of work into this (laughs) definitely um so today's episode is obviously going to be about the lovely Rose Tico but before we get started talking about her I just want to hear a bit more about your first experience with the Star Wars universe. Mine is kind of funny because you wouldn't expect it from me. Everybody thinks I'm this big Star Wars fan which I definitely am but my first Star Wars experience was seeing Force Awakens in theaters for the first time. I had never seen Star Wars before, but I really liked Adam Driver and Girls. Um, <laughs> but after that, like, I went home and I watched all the movies and I was completely obsessed with it from then on. Um, and I think that's why the sequel trilogy, it resonates with me so much because that's my Star Wars. Like everybody says mm-hmm. you have your own doctor and I feel the same about Star Wars. Everybody has their own Star Wars. Yeah, there's so much kind of hate, I guess, for the the Disney sequel trilogy. But like you say, I think no matter what angle people come into Star Wars from, they're still a part of that community, no matter what their entry point was. So I I had watched the originals growing up, like in bits and pieces. But my first, like, when I became like a fan, I'll say, is when I saw The Force Awakens as well. And that was like such a, a kind of like awakening for me. And I think it was for a lot of people. And I hate that a lot of the... I wouldn't say the community because these people aren't the community. They're just stupid people on the internet. But they seem to think that people who came in that way aren't like real fans and stuff. So it's been really nice talking to a lot of people for this podcast, I guess, who came in through the sequel trilogy. Because think what you will about it. It's a doorway into Star Wars. And like, what's better Mm -hmm. than that, right? Especially for like us, um, like young adult woman you know like I think that Ray is such like a great character Jin is such a great character Rose is such a great character and I think we all resonated with that in ways we couldn't maybe before because it was not so like Star Wars it was for everybody as it is now. So let's start with Rose then tell me a bit about your first impressions when you saw her in The Last Jedi. Well, I I knew about the announcement, and so I kind of knew about her beforehand, obviously, because I was a fan, and so that was my first impression, was that 
an Asian woman is going to be in Star Wars. Like, that's crazy. I'm an Asian woman. Like, Asian woman can be in Star Wars. Like, that's a thing, you know? And then after that, I kind of got to know Kelly on, like, Instagram. Not get to know her, but, like, got to know her personality. And which made it, like, so much more meaningful to me Mm -hmm. just because she was a fan herself. And she was just, like, a normal girl, which... I think is important right now because I feel like so many Asian actresses and actors are tokenized and it's like, oh yeah, we'll just hire that Asian actor or actress. But like, there's so, I'm, there's, I bet there's so many Asian, you know, actors and actresses that don't get a chance because there's not roles for us. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy that someone like Kelly was given a chance to do this because I think um, Asians just need more opportunities in the industry. So then The Last Jedi came out and I loved her. She was amazing. Like she met all my expectations. So yeah, I just loved her even though some people didn't. Yeah. I think what you say about Hollywood and everything is so right as well. Cause even when there are kind of roles for Asian Americans, it seems that Hollywood seems to think there's only like two Asian dudes and like two Asian women actors. And those are like the four that we pick from, you know, they they never spread beyond a few. There's only a few that are allowed in apparently, which I tend to notice these past few years specifically. So yeah, like it is fantastic to watch when someone completely new gets the door open for them and it results in amazing things like Rose Tika. So thank you, Kelly Marie Tran. (laughs) Yes, love her. (laughs) She's just so sweet. And I think even, so... I will confess, you might have seen on my Twitter, but when The Last Jedi came out, I didn't like it. I do now, I do now. <laughs> I didn't at the time. Um, but it has. it is one that I've learned to love through other people's love. But at the time when I first watched it, I really liked Rose, but I didn't quite like what they did with her. And I want to ask specifically about one moment, which at the time, I'm just going to keep clarifying that I love it now, okay? <laughs> but at the time, I was really annoyed when um, towards the end, she kissed Finn. And uh, for me at the time, I was like, why did you just throw that kiss in? Like, it felt very forced. Like, why did you gotta, why have you gotta make it romantic? But I was wondering, like, the more rewitches I've had, I'm wondering if it was even a romantic kiss. And I'm curious, obviously, you love the characters on her own. What was it like seeing her relationship with Finn and others on screen, and especially that moment? What do you think that meant to you? Honestly, I loved all the characters so much that I didn't really care like what relationship they would get into whatever relationship whatever blossomed I was into it I was very neutral about it because like thinking back on I was thinking about the kiss before we did this too and what I would say about it because it was just something so like I supported um I supported Finn Rose but I also supported Finn Poe you know and I support you know the gay people who say that they feel that Rose was thrown in to, you know, stop people from thinking that Finpo was gay. But I, I do, like, think that's valid. I don't know how true or not it is, but I think it's a valid feeling that they're having. So, I don't know. I was just very neutral about it. I just love Rose so much that I would, with any relationship, I would support her in. And I was mm. staying with Ray too. You know, at the end of the day, like, I support these characters and what um, – angers me more is having their arcs get you know messed up than their relationships because I think all the characters could potentially have you know good relationships except for people saying like to throw 
uh, Ray and Poe together. That's one I will. Oh no! Well, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> no, but people, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, that's really interesting because supporting your character so much that no matter who they end up with, you're you're so with it. It's such a nice feeling to have. I don't think I've ever loved anyone on screen that much to be like, you go girl, I don't care who you end up with as long as you're all happy. But yeah, I, I can totally see why that kiss might have been put in to kind of just detract from the fact that people, they obviously knew that people were shipping Finn and Poe and you know, the mm-hmm. Disney overlords, they do their thing. It's sometimes problematic, sometimes not, but that's a whole other discussion. But yeah. um and it's hard to say just because we don't know like anything yeah. that happens back there, but I think it's completely valid that gay people mm-hmm. are, you know, not like liking it because of that. Like, it sucks. Yeah, I think one thing that kind of irked me about the kiss, especially since the Rise of Skywalker, and I've said, I said to Kesha on the last episode, we did get into Rise of Skywalker a little bit, but we agreed that we're going to keep it a nice positive space <laughs> and we're not going to get into those kind of things. We're just going to say what we liked and then leave it. <laughs> but um, specifically about Rise of Skywalker now, um, what was so interesting was that they didn't choose to take it anywhere. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, Rose got absolutely dirt in The Rise of Skywalker. But in terms of everything they set up with that relationship, they kind of just ignored it, I guess. We didn't see that progress anywhere. What did you think when, well, I know there's not much to go on, but what did you think of Rose in The Rise of Skywalker? I, obviously, furious, but, like, I already knew it was coming. Like, this is not something that's new to me as an Asian woman, you know? Um, another, I cosplay Rose, but I also cosplay Jubilee from X-Men because I really um, connected I with her, her as well. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so good. And, she, you know, Jubilee got paid dirt as well, like no screen time. And so it's like something like I've come accustomed to. So when the Rise of Skywalker... Um, promotion started coming out and Rose wasn't in any of it I already knew like what the deal was like it's like she's just not gonna be in it that much I just know or I was like she might even die you know that's just the reality of like not being represented on screen that I just already felt it coming and so when I saw it like I wasn't surprised but like obviously it does suck and for Finn and Rose, I I mean, I think it's a good idea that they didn't go forward with it, but also very weird that it was never addressed that, like, they didn't need to address it specifically, but, like, at least their relationship, I don't know, like, see them. Yeah, so, like, what dynamic are they left with? Yeah. But I think it's really heartbreaking to hear you say, you know, that it's something you've become so used to, to watch characters that you feel represent you just either you know never come back maybe die or just you know they don't care about their stories and that yeah that just makes me really sad to hear and it is really true and an awful fact and I think you know I hope things like the love that was received for Rose and various other characters in pop culture will start to obviously show producers and show directors that it it needs to change and you know just talking about it like this I think is super helpful and everything that you do in the community is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for you too. <laughs> I, I really want to hear what do you think is Rose's best moment or even just your favorite moment? Like Ooh. a line or a scene or just like an interaction, anything that you think is really memorable. Oh yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Canto by, you know, talk about the race, the, what, 
Do you know what those animals are called? Sorry. I don't remember. Should I Google yeah. it? I feel like we're going <laughs> to like such fake fans. <laughs> so sorry. Last Jedi horse things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the Fathia? Oh, yeah. The Fathia. Yeah. That's, I remember that. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So when, so when Rose is talking to Finn about the father, like, I just really felt, I liked that scene a lot just because I got a new understanding of what happens in Star Wars when people aren't warriors. And that that's something I've always wanted to see expanded on ever since that moment, just because like, that little taste of it made me want so much more. I was like, I know it's called Star Wars, but there's so much that, like, the Star War wouldn't be a Star War if it wasn't for the class systems that are set up in this universe that make the Star Wars, like, so prominent, like, it's never ending. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see, like, those dynamics more, and I liked to see, I like seeing, like, Rose talking about growing up and, like, not being a warrior because I think that's, it's really interesting and not something that we've ever seen in Star Wars before. Yeah, for a character to come along and say, you know, the Jedi are people that you hear stories about, like they're not directly involved in them in any way, was really quite new and refreshing, I guess, at the time. Because, you know, we've had the prequels and the originals where everyone is a princess or everyone is a fearless warrior Jedi or or a really well-known smuggler. And now we're getting given characters who are just, you know, regular people who have found themselves caught up with all of this kind of, uh, I don't know, like resistance and rebel mm-hmm. alliance and everything. And and it's so interesting to hear their perspectives. And I think that at the time I thought the whole Canto Bight kind of side mission, when it came to nothing, I found that really frustrating. I was like, that was a waste of time. And now I look back and I'm like, Ryan Johnson was telling us so much with just this little side plot. And it doesn't matter if it didn't save the day because, you know, like not everything will in real life. Mm-hmm. And I totally see that now. And I value that whole portion of the film so, so much for Rose's perspective in that way. It is, I do really like that one. The line where she's like such an, uh, something about it being like an ugly town that she wants to like punch it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, what is it? She's like, I want to like punch a hole through this beautiful town or something like that. Yeah. So good. And like (laughs) this past year specifically, like I've become so much more aware of the kind of fandom and community around me in Star Wars. And that is what has made me love The Last Jedi just through like, you know, reading your tweets and your work and everyone else and Kesha and Joe and my friends, like watching people dissect it and love it has like made me love it. So, yeah, yeah, it's so great. It's just so good. Okay, <laughs> back to Rose. So, um, although Rose comes from this background that she discusses in at Canto Bite, and it's kind of heartbreaking to hear, she's still so full of like hope and light. And I wonder what it is you you think makes her so fearless and optimistic, regardless of everything else that she's been through. I think definitely family. Family seems like a big part. And I haven't fully read the comic yet, but I've seen portions of it, of her, which is, it basically shows like her mom and her sister growing up um, in their family dynamics. And I think that it's something as an Asian character makes sense. And I like that it's bringing that culture aspect in it, whether they meant to or not. I think that for Asian people, like family is so important to us. And I feel like Rose just had a really good sister. She had a really good mom and who taught her like the values of, you know, 
keeping like hope and hope in each other. So at this point in the podcast, I'd normally kind of start talking about the relationship of the character with other women. But when I came to think about it with Rose, I realized she doesn't really have that with like anyone. So like when we were talking about Leia um, in the first episode, you know, we could talk about her mentorship with Ray and her relationships with Holdo and stuff like that, which was really interesting. And Ray, you know, even then it was like, you know, a bit of Leia here and there. But I'm starting to realize that a lot of the female characters in the sequel trilogy, as great as the sequel trilogy is, don't have relationships with other women really mm-hmm. um so i'm interested to hear your take on that with like rose and stuff like would obviously we'd have liked her to meet ray um and various other characters so so what do you think there about her relationship or lack thereof with other women in the universe i think her and ray would have been so best friends like yeah. their dynamics would have been so good the banter would have been so good them just like looking at the boys and being like these dumb demos these stupid like (laughs) whatever you know like making fun of them I don't know they're just queens and you know they rule so I think them together would have been so powerful I also think like them dating (laughs) would be so powerful even though it would never happen but like I think it'd be cute a little Ray Rose thing I could see that yeah or Rose Jana like any anything (laughs) female, female, give it to me, um, but in terms of, like, them having only relationships with the males, I feel like Star Wars doesn't trust its audience Mm. to like the females apart from having a male counterpart, which is a problem, but also, like, sometimes rightfully so that they don't trust their fans, because besides the online community I have, which is, um, I'm a fan of Ray and Kylo being together, so we're called the Raylos, and we're mostly women, and so I get a different aspect of the fandom, but then when I see, like, the general audience talking about Star Wars, the general fandom, I see that it is very male-dominated, dominated, very white-dominated, and I think that sometimes maybe they wouldn't be able to, you know, watch these characters aside from male counterparts, and that sucks, but yeah. Yeah, I never, I suppose I never thought about it in that way that, you know, there's these little kind of pockets of community online that are so accepting and open and excited about everything in Star Wars and these new characters coming in, and then you see, like, the general public um, or the kind of you know, the people that enjoy it, but maybe don't put their entire lives into it, but they still comment. And so I, I see a lot of horrible comments under people I follow about like, you know, Raylos and stuff like that. And it is kind of, it's shocking to me because I never thought it would be that bad. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. the whole deal with Raylos because I'm no. like, you ship Ray and Kylo, cool. You ship <laughs> this person, cool. I don't understand why there seems to be such a divide in the Star Wars community that has such like a seething hatred for Raylos that to the point where, you know, I've seen comments saying that like Raylos are like mentally ill and they shouldn't even be allowed to watch stars. And I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> but, it's crazy. You know, I, I'm so happy that, you know, people like me and you have managed to find these spaces at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right in some ways that uh, Star Wars maybe just doesn't have the balls to, <laughs> to even try and show us a woman on her own. Like even when I think about 
like Ahsoka and stuff. I can't see Ahsoka with many other women. Like she's known, I guess, for her relationship with Anakin and stuff like that in the Clone Wars. And yeah, when you sit down and think about it, every woman is loved and known for her connection to a man. <laughs> I don't want to think about it too long. <laughs> it's like, does it, t- does it pass the bench cell test? Yeah, I'm like... Oh. It's bizarre because even like yeah. Ray, it's like Ray and Kylo or Ray and Finn. And Leia, it's Leia and Han, Leia and Luke, and Rose, it's Rose and Finn. And it's they can never two like, women stand on their alone. own would yeah. be too powerful for Star Wars. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> two women on their own is like unseen in the galaxy. No one knows what would happen to the planet if that even happened. Like they're too scared <laughs> to find out. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a very interesting topic of discussion, I'll say that. So you're a big part of the Star Wars community, as we've, as we've established, um, even co-hosting your own podcast, She3PO, with an incredible name. Um, what has your journey been like in this community since you saw The Force Awakens, and how do you think it's affected your life? It's been a kind of weird journey because when I watched The Force Awakens, I didn't have the online community I have now. So I was kind of like doing it on my own, but then going back to Raylo a little bit, I would go on the Tumblr tag of Raylo and it'd be like, Raylo should kill themselves. And I was like, okay, well, we're not going there anymore. Um, I'm not going to talk about Raylo ever again, which is a dynamic, which is why I got into the sequel trilogy so much is because I liked their dynamic, not just, um, not just like together as a relationship, but just like them being opposites I guess Mm. um but after that I kind of like chilled out a little bit because I thought it would never happen and then in the last Jedi they happened (laughs) 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 they touched hands and I was like oh my gosh like I was right this whole time like this whole like epiphany sorry Raylo is like a big reason why I'm into the sequel no no it's fine embrace it okay um there's no anti-Raylo hate here. Okay? <laughs> so then after that, I kind of got into it a lot more because I was like, okay, like, yes, that my instincts were right. Like, this Raylo thing is a big deal. And then I started following, like, Claudia and Jessica, two of my good friends on Star Wars Twitter. I would kind of, like, lurk from afar. And then once I found out Star Wars Celebration was happening, I was like, oh my God, like I need to go to that. I am in California and, and it's in Chicago, which is halfway across the country from me. And I never like traveled on my own before, but I was like, I have to go to this thing. And so after that, I got tickets to it and like I tweeted about it and was like talking to other people who were going and the Raylas were just so amazing and welcoming with me like we were all just like oh well you're going you're going like let's all talk about it and from there I just like had these people that I knew from online that I met at Star Wars Celebration and like ever since then like they've been my best friends um my best friend Kimya I met her at Star Wars Celebration and I met her because of Twitter and now we hang out like every single weekend not right now because corona but yeah, uh, so it really changed my life because I felt like in high school and in co- a little bit of college too that I was pretending to be somebody I wasn't because I've always been in- into stuff like Doctor Who and Sherlock and like Harry Potter and I would go to Comic-Con like once a year and like 
that would be my place, my people. But outside of being at Comic-Con, I wouldn't have a place to express myself because even like I was on Tumblr in middle school, but I didn't have friends on Tumblr. I would just kind of lurk and reblog stuff, which I guess was good because I was like 12 years old. <laughs> but I wanted to be like in the community. Like I saw other people being in the community, like having these people to talk about these common interests with. And I felt, and then Star Wars was like the first time and something that like I've liked for a decade of like being into fandom, but not like having my own place in fandom. Mm. And so Star Wars was finally like, this is my place. These are my people. And yeah, it's just really special to me. <laughs> no, that's lovely. It's, it's so great to hear how things like this can bring people together. Like it's definitely done the same for me in some ways. Like, I went to Comic-Con, like a smaller one in London for the first time in October. And I've wanted to go since I was like 13. Like that's always been such a bucket list thing. But like, I'd never had anyone who would ever dream of going to that with me. Like no one I know would ever have thought like, yeah, I'll spend money on going to like a nerd show. You know what I mean? Like no one would do that. And I managed to find through Twitter and the Star Wars community, a couple of friends who were so cool that they even like dressed up with me. And it was the best two days of my life. Because like you say, it's you find your people. When you find people who have those common interests, I think it's the same in anything, not even just fandom. Like any sort of like interest that you have, whether it's like a chess club or anything, like it's so important that we have that community and people understand us. And I love that Star Wars is one of the things that has done that for people. So thank you for sharing that story. To kind of like close out, I do have five rapid fire questions that never go that rapid, to be honest. We always end up discussing. Question one. I don't think this one's that hard for a lot of my guests. Um, Favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, Rogue One. Really? Period. I was fully expecting The Last Jedi. (laughs) Why Rogue One? You're the first person to say that. The thing about The Last Jedi is even though I liked the Raylo stuff, I was also like you. I didn't quite love it on Mm. first watch second watch though I was like I'm in but first watch I think I don't know if it was like the banter in the beginning that put me off a little bit yeah yeah that I was like oh this I didn't like the tone I didn't vibe with the tone yeah I still think for me the first half for me still doesn't work it's everything throne room onwards I think Mm -hmm. is some of the best Star Wars ever and everything before the throne room is kind of like yeah, I think the tone is still very much finding it's, you know, it's not quite sure what it wants yet. But um, yeah, you're the first person I've ever known to say Rogue One is their favorite Star Wars movie. I want to hear more. Tell me your thought process behind that. Everybody was talking about how Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie on Twitter yesterday. You didn't see that? Oh, I I don't think I was on Twitter that much yesterday. (laughs) Okay, I'll send you the post later. Um, Rogue One, I don't know. I just think it's such, like, I'll, I'll watch that film and afterwards I'll be like that's a perfect movie like I there's it can't be any more perfect it's so good there's no problems with it in my opinion <laughs> um there's so many diverse characters like the characters working together you know you, you have so little time to introduce these all these uh wonderful characters but they did it so well and the fact mm. that, like they died at the end it's just like I, cr- I watched it in theaters three times and cried every single time, you know? I don't know. That's why the Cassie and Andor series, like, that's that's my show. <laughs> like, they made that for me. <laughs> yeah. I, that's one I really need to revisit. I think I've only seen it once since the cinema. Um, I know. That's Girl, awful. what are you doing? 
What are you I'm, doing? I'm going to watch it this week for in preparation for the gin episode. I am really excited to watch it again though because I, I some of the imagery I think is stunning. But um, I, just hearing you talk about it, then I realize again this is another instance of one woman, <laughs> like one woman in a group of guys. I think yeah. they call it like the Smurfette principle or something, and it's the same in a lot of films, like even like recent ones like Jumanji, The Avengers, Wonder Woman, even mm-hmm. like there's only ever allowed to be one lady and like five guys and I think that is a really interesting thing and I think it's amazing that they gave us another female protagonist especially so soon after The Force Awakens and you know a little bit of backlash with a woman being the lead and everything and they still went ahead but yeah it's just interesting just thinking about that after our discussion a moment ago but yeah I will revisit Rogue One just for you and tell me what you think I will I'll message you right after (laughs) the score the imagery the characters I'll send you an essay oh wow (laughs) And so their characters are so complicated too, mm-hmm. with like Galen like being first order, or it's not first order back then, huh? The Empire mm. being with the Empire, but like he doesn't want to, and like I I like exploring those little um, pockets of Star Wars. Yeah, because for me, I've grown tired of the Skywalker. Oh yeah, thing, same personally. so much. yeah I think I tell people right now my favorite Star Wars story like ever is Jedi Fallen Order um have you played it no I don't have a Mac or a PS4 or anything and I want to so bad it's incredible it's oh my god it's so good so you go to like five different planets and just you hear like um force echoes you have this ability to kind of hear like little snippets of the past and like voices from something that happened and so you're discovering these planets and the four echoes left behind of these like civilizations and these families and like what happened on them so you go to Zepho Kashyyyk which I think we saw in the original trilogy and maybe a bit of Rogue One Saw Gerrera's in it um what I know he just makes a little appearance I just love it so much because you're playing an entirely new person so this is after the fall of the Jedi and um after Order 66 like just a few years after and you, you're this guy who's like, you know, he's he is a Jedi, but he was his training was cut short because of Order sixty six. So in flashbacks, you literally see him as a child, as a Padawan, and during training, Order sixty six happens, and his master is killed in front of him, and he has to like escape. And it's like, oh my god, it's oh so good. Gosh. And you meet like the Night Sisters. Oh my god, and you, oh, it's just so good. I'm just, I'm not gonna say anything else, but it's okay. stunning. And just so you. Just learning so much more outside of the Skywalkers, outside of the Palpatines, outside of like this little kind of bubble that the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. is in has been so fascinating. Um, yeah, would recommend you just go out and buy a PlayStation and download that immediately. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> convinced me. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, <laughs> you see what I mean? This is not rapid fire at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. You ready? Your yes. favorite line in Star Wars. <laughs> There's so it's like it's obviously a Kylo one, and but like the if it's the rapid fire, the first thing that came to my mind was blow that piece of junk out <laughs> of the sky. But specifically in the way the TikTok version does it, right? <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> oh, I love that. I I can't hear that line now without thinking roses are red. Tatooine is dry and then just like yelling the last line (laughs) yeah that's a very good choice I'm happy with that okay there's many good Kylo ones though because I also like the let the past die kill it if you have to yeah so dramatic we love that love that (laughs) 
Um, okay, so number three, favorite battle or lightsaber duel? This hard. I, I focus so much on the character dynamics that I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh yeah, obviously, actually, throne room scene. Yes, throne room scene. <laughs> yeah oh my god it's stunning it's yeah it's my favorite as well and I think it is for a lot of people I just oh my god it's so aesthetic do you remember like being in the theater not knowing what he was gonna do yes oh my god when when her hand and then it the lightsaber pulls back and the, the eruption in the cinema when that happened and she just grabbed it and the da -da -da -da, and my dad like grabbed my hand and we were like oh my god what is happening right now oh I'm literally having flashbacks my whole body is like what? <laughs> I have chills. I because I don't think anybody knew like what he would do yeah, in that to moment. To kill Snoke in that moment when he was like building up to be the big bad was just insane. So it was good. so good. <laughs> yeah, but it was that moment though that also that I thought Kylo Ren's turning to the light. Like I mm -hmm. thought that would be like the halfway point of the sagas where he'd like cross over, I guess. And that whole oh and oh my god, and when the lightsaber snaps and the sound goes off and it's quiet uh. and you're like <laughs> the symbolism behind like the lightsaber snapping too because mm -hmm. you know it's no I feel like Ray had good intentions in the beginning and Kylo didn't and then now they both have good intentions and so the lightsaber like can't choose you know whoa oh my god <laughs> <laughs> galaxy brain moment right there <laughs> okay so number four is, what would you love to see next in Star Wars, whether it's a game, movie, book, or literally anything you can think of? Well, Cassian is number one on my list, because mm -hmm. that's already happening for me, thank the Lord. <laughs> um, but, like, everybody's saying, like, like, why would you want Kelly Marie Tran to go back to Star Wars? But, like, she, like, deserves her own show. That's, like, yeah. perfect gateway for, you know, doing more grounded stuff that's not about war I feel yeah. like yeah if anything I think what could be really interesting with Rose is to see her kind of rise up in the resistance and become Ooh, some yeah. sort of like leader figure but obviously maybe not first order things but maybe she becomes such a leading figure in the resistance that she kind of starts her own little side project where I, I said this to Kesha in our last episode as well where maybe she goes back to Canto Bite and tries to kind of like liberate the children there and stuff like that. Wouldn't that be such a cool series? Broom Boy, where are you at? Yes, she Broom goes back. She's back. like, um, can I have my ring back, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, I saved you now, so. <laughs> I think, like, though, I'm thinking more of like a slice of life Star Wars show, like hmm. with Paige and her in their little mining city. Oh, yeah. Like the dynamics of you know, the class systems in that world that we don't really get to see because it's all, like, the big baddies or big baddie versus the big good, you know? Yeah, because I think, I think what we were talking about before as well, like, how much you love the complexities of the characters now, because Star Wars has always been such a kind of, like, black and white, good versus evil, Jedi versus Sith kind of situation, and um, even the Jedi themselves, they say, like, only a diff's uh, a diff. <laughs> <laughs> Only a Sith deals in absolutes. So it's really great now to see such kind of push and pull and complexities in the character where it's not black and white and it's not good and evil. It's like, you know, there's so many different systems at play. And I think that would be so cool to explore further outside of the Skywalker saga for sure. 
I'm really looking forward to the future. Okay. Crossing my fingers. Cross cross everything. <laughs> uh, so in as little words as possible, this is the hard one and you don't get like a whole paragraph, okay? I feel like I know what it is, but I don't know. What this is what starts. No. no. <laughs> Stop it. Who's hosting this? <laughs> okay. What does Star Wars mean to you? Star Wars means to me friendships, family, and a place to be myself. I'm just like shedding a little tear. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's like the end of all my questions, all my discussion. So thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been such an honor to like have you talk about Rose with me. I couldn't think of anyone else who I'd have to talk about her. Like, thank you honestly. Thank you so much. It makes me happy to have this outlet to talk about her, especially with everything that, you know, happened with her being cast out of the Rise of Skywalker, yeah, the Rise of Skywalker and bullied on the internet. You know, I try to uplift Kelly and Rose as much as I can. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. You're so welcome. She deserves to be talked about forever and I hope people keep celebrating her. Um, Is there anything you want to kind of plug? Do you want to plug your podcast or any of your work at the end and tell people where they can find you? Yeah, so my podcast is She3PO. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify and my handle on Twitter is Kayla, K-A-I-L-A underscore red, like Kylo Ren. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so, so much.